0: If marketing and sales and ops are not communicating, that just leads to tension, leads to a toxic culture. Um, you know, it's the equivalent of having a boat when everybody's, uh, you know, rowing in different directions and different rhythms, and the boat's just going in a circle and eventually will capsize.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings Podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey y'all, thanks for tuning. <laughs>
0: what are you doing? You did that on purpose, weren't you? Oh my uh, gosh. that's good. That's good.
1: No, I'm keeping it, guys. Chase was moving around in the chairs because it was squeaking it threw me off. He wishes. We're uh, we're back to. A good old good old podcast recording with my friend Chase Fairchild here in town with Bolt Marketing. This is the Awesoming Podcast, and we are so pumped that you're tuning in, hopefully, to get some good growth knowledge to make you bah, 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 a better marketer. That was really bad, but fanfare is cool. Anyways, so Chase is a very talented storyteller, great with marketing, great with people, definitely likes to bring the fun, bring the energy. And the last two episodes we talked about clear communication having an objective in mind this past episode prior was about his personal creativity. And I think the main thing that I took away from that was have a couple habits that you do that help whatever your creative outlet is. So Chase talked a lot about he reads and he writes and there's a lot of stuff he does not share from his writing. And I think that's really good to hear. Hey, do something that helps foster your gift, foster your, your mindset, your creativity that pours into what you want to do. So again, Chase has been posting a lot on LinkedIn and it's taking a little break, a wee little break. Yeah. But after that break, he's gonna come back with some amazing content. So that being said, we're gonna talk now about marketing and business and how those come together. And we've had some questions sent in from Kentucky Startup Founders, and I'm pumped to share them with you. So, Chase,
0: how, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm hydrated. That's important. Um, I'm ready. I'm inspired. I'm, you know, I'm loving all his compliments with every episode that I get every time. They just just keep
1: adding on. I think I have a, I might have a compliment issue where I,
0: I got a serotonin waterfall happening right now. So that's really great. (laughs) Serotonin, actually, wait,
1: a serotonin waterfall. Could that be a good drink name? It could be a band name. Or yeah, serotonin. Welcome to the serotonin waterfalls with their platinum album debut. (laughs) (laughs) Co- this is, <laughs> compliments. This is
0: called "I hate you, Dad." Oh gosh. Anyways, <laughs> so
1: marketing and business. Chase, real quickly, talk about the differences in marketing approaches from B to C, so business to consumers, and then B to B, business to business.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of differences, but there's also not that many differences um, because uh, stay,
1: stay high level. That might help with that. Uh, yeah, no. them out real
0: quickly. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think the you know it used to be a, the the chasm used to be much wider. In the sense of uh, B2B and B2C because it was just, it was different worlds, different, um, your your target audience was in different spaces. But the reality with social media and, you know, the internet is that uh, everybody's in the same place. We're all online. We're all using search engines during work and personal life. You know, during the day you might be looking for, you know, a manufacturer in Dayton, Ohio, but at night you're looking for a place to eat near me.
1: Or a baby curb on BitFTA. You know, sure. Whatever.
0: We're all in the same place. And the thing is that, you know, in businesses, you're marketing to people. And so you want to connect with the human side. So, um, yeah, we really deal mostly with our work, you know, while we do B2B marketing ourselves for our business, most of the clients we work with are the B2C space. And so specifically lifestyle retail brands, um, that's something that we really like, we don't always work with them, but it's something that's just really fun because it's what our background's in and what really pumps us up. So, you know, I think when a B2C role, you're going to be looking much more at, uh, you know, social media marketing, content creation, uh, email marketing, know, um, regular correspondence, you know, your Bed Bath and Beyond, hey, here's 20% off of this stuff. Hey, we have a new we you know, our fall lines coming out. You know, Patagonia's like fall sweaters are here, vests are finally here, but you can't get them monogrammed. You know, or you know, there's just a uh, there's just a little bit of different of approach, but you're you're talking to individuals and in which is much more segmented uh in B2C and you're you're going after your different your different demos and and trying to engage them where they're at. Um it can also be really tough like um to try and, to try and translate that to B2B, but in B2B, it's a, it's, you know, I would say that it's more of a search game. Um, there's more in sales and marketing tend to be a little more blended in B2B because your sales approach, your sales team are going to be uh, much, you know, the out, especially outbound sales they are going to be a lot more proactive in the B2B space. They're going to be calling on leads. You're going to be much more um, concerned with filling up your pipeline and trying to get the right folks there might be some i mean all these tools are used to the same same lines b2b and b2c um well that's like targeted display or ip-based marketing or direct mail which a lot of people have written off direct mail but i just think direct mail is a still viable option because um everybody's eyeballs are on their phones and th- if you probably noticed the mailbox is getting a little more slim and slim there's not a lot of Stuff coming through. I'm not saying it's 100% effective, but if it's a brand I care about, yeah, it comes through my mail. Like I see it, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, it's a touch point. Even if I throw it away, i still just thought about Patagonia. Yeah. keep
1: using them. Yeah, that, the really, really small mountains. Yeah, those really small mountains. I mean, even hearing you, you talk about the difference. One of the things you mentioned in the first part about getting back to the basics and how you talk with people. If you're trying to talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Right. And you're talking to one person specifically that actually helps cast a broader net of who you can reach. And I almost feel like, feel like that can be from a business approach at times. It's hard to talk to, uh, let's use your wilderness example. It's hard to talk to a, a male who likes camping and hiking from a business to business perspective. You want to be, Hey, we're talking to all salespeople who are professionals, young professionals or whatever you want to say. That's easier to cast a broader net out to in your communication.
0: Right. And but also say Wilderness was doing corporate retreats. Yeah. It goes, you know, it goes from switching to one guy who is just interested in going on this trip with some buddies for fun in their personal lives to, hey, I'm marketing to a CEO or a head of HR or a, somebody who's like the chief culture officer or whatever one of these titles Dude,
1: are. Over.
0: the CCO. Well, that's a lot of other things too. So you could do creative officer. There's a lot of other things. Co- but- chief Culinary Officer. That's an, I want that title. That sounds really fun to me. You just have a bunch of smoked meats and pasta. That's oh it. My, all right, this episode's done. <laughs> Actually, we should, we'll talk about this later. Uh. So this,
1: this next question was sent in by a, a friend of Austin awesome Inks, startup founder out of Louisville, Kentucky, that works in the healthcare space. And they, they sent this. Garrett, there is always a, a natural tension between sales and marketing functions and between marketing and operations functions. Can you ask Chase, does any story come to mind about the dysfunction and how to go about addressing it?
0: That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to, you know, it's, you, there's only upside to having sales and marketing operations be uh, in constant communication. You know, I think um, there was a company that we worked with uh, several years ago where it's almost like it was like gang fights. There was like the sales team, hated the marketing team, the ops team, hate, everybody always hated the marketing team because when social media is involved, everybody feels that they can run social media and um, it's tough, you know, like it's just a tough game because people will consume it. And they think it's like people criticizing sports teams, you know, armchair quarterbacks, like, you know, running a content calendar, creating a content calendar and engaging with an audience and creating, you know, consistent quality content for a brand is really tough. It's a full-time gig. Most people think, oh, my my niece is, is a junior in college. She can run our business social yeah, media. She has, she has media. a phone. <laughs> yeah, like, right. She's got Instagram. But she knows how to log into Instagram. You know, a lot of people think that that's what equate that with social media, that it should be this simple thing. Um, but, you know, that just leads to if marketing and sales and ops are not communicating, that just leads to tension, mm-hmm. leads to a toxic culture. Um, you know, it's the equivalent of having a boat when everybody's Um, you know, rowing in different directions and different rhythms and the boats just going in a circle and eventually will capsize. So you want to get everybody rowing in the same direction towards a common goal and understand that, you know, it's, you know, operations is the, it's the operating system, right? Like a phone, like it's, it's, it's the thing that runs, that runs the business. It's, and the sales and marketing really, especially when it comes to like a b2b space they should be communicating marketing should be the marketing's job is to get sales leads sales jobs is to close the leads and i think ops jobs is to produce things that hold up to the things that sales and marketing are talking about you know if I, ops is producing a a crappy product you know like if they're if they're making cars with the bottoms fall out you know like no amount of marketing or great sales people are going to fix that you know so it's you can have great salespeople who are inbound, you know, inbound sales reps, a great product, and marketing is not getting you any leads. They're not getting you any exposure, and you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Although I think the salespeople would eventually get impatient and just go find deals. But um, I think they got to be working in tandem, and um, if not, you it, it will lead to chaos. I mean, the company that I'm thinking of did it eventually did implode because the tension was too great to overcome. Yeah. And it and it muddied the water. You could not you could not see the vision. They couldn't see the vision anymore. Uh the the leadership of the company advocated and you know nobody was leading. Nobody was and, and that goes back I think to leadership too. In some ways, a lot of times this it this fall down on the leadership team. Um somebody needs to be in charge of it. If everybody's in charge, nobody's in charge, right? Mm-hmm. Just like if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. So there's got to be somebody who's held accountable to to run the ship. And I've seen many times where people are not and they they don't deal with it. And then it just ends up not.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny as you're talking. I'm thinking of two things in particular. So here in our team, our graphic designer, shout out Jacqueline, who she's phenomenal. And one thing that she does extremely well is she holds everybody to a standard of, OK, when you come up with a design, let me just see it to give you a thumbs approval. Not because I'm I'm going to micromanage everybody, but it's because I want us to have a uniform brand. I want things to look good when we post them out. And guess what? That has only made our marketing, uh, our marketing, I want not say marketing game, but the things that we have marketed internally and externally look a lot better, resonate a lot better. And guess what? We even speak more clearly. So Jacqueline, thank you so much. And um, a couple of things that y- you just mentioned. Uh, my friend from Louisville, I almost said their name, but not for this one. Um, this Papa John. It's not <laughs> they're in the Hall of Fame, but no. Uh <laughs> They, they just said that most operators they've worked with don't know how to work well with marketing resources, uh, whether they are internal or external. And this is something you've touched about. And they asked again for another, actually two more questions. Can you chase walk through a time that it worked really well for you? Um, solving that dysfunction between sales and marketing and then the marketing and ops. And then follow up is what was different about the client that you helped to make it a success?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times confusion is like a it can be a cancer to a lot of organizations. It's if if you're confused, you feel discouraged, you don't feel motivated, um, and you don't know where to go.
1: And even going back to you just mentioned the muddied waters. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lack of clarity in the direction.
0: Yeah, and so like I think that the clarity piece is really important. So when I think in an ideal world, when marketing and sales are in perfect unison, if they if they get on the same page, it's almost like couples counseling. You know, you gotta you gotta sit down with the sales director and the marketing director and sometimes the CEO and talk to them and say, Hey, you guys got to get on the same page. Marketing's marketing's job is not, you know, drop in revenue. If, if you look at the marketing analytics, so this is an example of a story from, uh, we, we had a client who, uh, Black Friday was really important to them. They're a, a retail, uh, uh, business, uh, online. And, uh, we had done web promotions and, a, and big robust ad campaign for them. And, uh, you know, they were really concerned with hitting the same numbers they had the previous year. And so marketing rolled out all the stops. We put, you know, the, their, their team put you know, all this effort into creating posts and engaging content. And Black Friday comes and they finish like 30% less than what they did the previous year, which was they wanted to do the, advice, they wanted to do the opposite. They wanted to do 30% more. So everybody was blaming marketing. They're pointing the finger at marketing saying, You know, these guys are doing it right. They're promoting the wrong things, blah, blah, blah. Well, we looked at the numbers and traffic was up almost 200% more than it was the previous year. Um, The impressions and reach and engagement from the social posts were incredibly high. The reality was once you had the analytics in the back end, we went and looked and uh, nobody wanted the products. It was product design. So all these things got it. sales, marketing, and product design have to fit together, whether it's a direct-to-consumer brand or if it's a, serv- a professional services company. You know, your product needs to be designed for marketing to be able to talk about easily. And sales, it needs to be set up so sales can sell it easily. It needs to be set up so you can deliver it easily. Man, everyone has a part to play. That's, yeah.
1: that's, one, that's one of the most valuable things I think people can... Yes, they probably know this, but just hearing it again get from what you're, what you're saying. Sometimes it's easy to blame the fall or point the finger at this person or that, uh, that arm of the, the business isn't doing this well. It's like, actually it's a collective issue and we're not working well together.
0: Right. I mean, marketing's job is to number one, tell the story, tell a story, tell the story of the company, of the client, engage in story. Second is, is, is drive revenue by driving traffic. Sales jobs is to close the deal. You know, if I introduce you to somebody You know, you've done your job who, yeah. And, and you drop the ball and you don't do a good job point of their problems. You talk about you the whole time and you don't listen and you give them a bad proposal. It's too much or too little. Well, you didn't close it, but I did my job. So you shouldn't. And then operations, like, like I said, go back to the car example. So they all, you know, if you had to do one word for each, like marketing is like generate interest, sales is close the deal. And then, you know, product design or ops or whatever you want to say, it's to create a, a, a product that works and, and does what you say it does, you know, like solve the problem with the, pro- and a lot of times all those things are so related and it's really great when they're symbiotic and they're working back and forth, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's a nightmare when they don't. Well, to that,
1: can you share some, some more specifics about maybe analytical approaches to digital marketing and some best practices that you found for new businesses and how you use that data? Because you, you mentioned, hey, for this this company we worked with, you know, they they didn't hit their goal. We we looked on the back end, we just saw what the number said, and their product product was not wanted. Like that's important and sometimes it's easy to overlook. So can you talk about some some approaches again to digital marketing and what you have found working with businesses? Sure.
0: Yeah, like I said, you know, back in episode one, I tend to be more of the relationship vision. Um, I understand a lot of this stuff um enough to to talk about it and be dangerous. But there's some things where nook and crannies of this, of this space that uh, above my pay grade, you know, a lot of times, um, and this is probably a good time to talk about marketing as a house, mm-hmm. you know. Um, house of cards. House of cards. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so like marketing, a lot of people think marketing and they give it a blanket statement, right? Like marketing is blank. Marketing is, uh, is social media. You know, you could ask everybody in this building what they think marketing is and you get a bunch of different answers. But the reality is I think marketing is a lot like building a house. The whole process from buying land from scratch, buying land to a couple moves into the house and starts living there. There are probably 20 hands, 20 different roles that touch that. To so the initial real estate agent who bought the land, to the surveyor, to the architect, to the, bu- the the general contractor and the specific subcontractors he used on the project, right? To, To do the carpentry, to be the electrician, the plumbing, all that. Then there's the real estate agent, right? Maybe there's an interior designer. There's all these hands that touch this moving this house, but we wouldn't expect a real estate agent to do all of that. Would we, or a general contractor to do all that? So I think in marketing, there needs to be a trend of saying, like understanding that like, Hey, somebody's really great at digital marketing analytics or graphic design or copywriting and messaging or, you know, product design. There's all these different, you know, you know, different layers to, to what makes up the marketing industry. And so I think starting there is a big place. So if you have a graphic designer on your team, don't expect him to be able to set up click funnels, you know, kind of know who you're working with and like know your strengths, know who you need to find. So I think analytics play a big role into informing you about your performance, um, about how a campaign worked or maybe who your demographic is. And there's a lot of software out there for this. You know, we, we use uh, Google Analytics pretty robustly. Our, the, the website platform that we build on has analytics. But you just got to know what you're looking for. So back to what we talked about, it's the objective, right? So I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. So what was the objective? Well, the objective was to sell more women's crew neck te- sweatshirts. T-sweatshirts. T-sweatshirts. <laughs> Lavender, chamomile T-sweats. That's dropping fall
1: 2021. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Um, The strategy there is to run Facebook or Instagram ads to women in a certain area. You spend a thousand dollars. You your goal was to do six thousand, whatever arbitrary number. Um, You look at in the back end and you see how did you perform, Um, and you see if there's a lot of views. People bought it. Great, you hit your goal. Fantastic but if something, if the traffic's there and something's wrong and you made a misstep or maybe you were out of a certain size or, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors that go into creating a successful campaign. And, um, but I think just understanding like good analytics start with understanding what the objective was. Right. And so while I can't maybe speak to this, and this might be a disappointment, I can't really speak to this at an expert level um, as much as like somebody on my team could. Um, But the reality is if to keep it simple, is just understand what your goal for whatever you're doing is like, if it's a building a new website or pulling out a new brand or creating a, a baby, baby clothing line from an adults, you know, like you're a retail store, you're starting to sell baby clothes. You know, the objective should line up with the metrics that come behind it.
1: One of the things I'm hearing too, yes, we, we just talked about objective and I'll, I'll make a note of that, but also with clear communication, we're talking about how you market, from businesses to consumers differently. I mean, half that is you have to market well and communicate well within your own team to do it externally. Yeah. And that's something I, w- I wasn't even thinking of sitting down to talk about this, but I think that's a good reminder of so many of the companies that we we talk with use some sort of external partner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's some, some ways, like, you know, you're an expert. They'll go back to like E-Myth, which I love that book, which says there's three types of people and we're all kind of have three of these guys in us which is like the entrepreneur who tends to be the visionary, creative, a little more, you know, head in the clouds. Then there's a technician, the person who does the work, who is like the expert at doing the work. And then there's the manager, the person who manages the traffic, looks at performance, sets goals, manages talent. Like a lot of times entrepreneurs, you know, like they're technicians. They're a, a carpenter who worked at a business for 20 years and then said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to go start my own business but now, you know, he thinks he's just going to be able to do carpentry all the time. Well, no, he now is a business owner. He has to do invoices and sales and he has to keep the books and he has to pay taxes and he has to, has to do all these different things that he didn't have to think about before. So, you know, you got to staff your weaknesses and you got to bring on a team um, to to really help you pull that through. And so if you're confused about your marketing, there are a lot of great marketing agencies and freelancers who can help you get a handle on it based on what your specific needs are.
1: Wrapping this up. Um, one more question after this impromptu and chase, what's a, what's a digital tool that you use that you think a lot of people are missing out on not using right now.
0: I use, I mean, Grammarly and they do a great job advertising that saves my butt. Grammarly and Hemingway. What's, What's Hemingway? Hemingway app is a way for you to get your copy more succinct. So say, say, uh, more with less words, essentially, and be have more active voice instead of passive. It's really great. So what I'll do is if I go to write a blog on LinkedIn or something, I'll write it in Grammarly, make sure that it's all good to go, and then I'll take it to Hemingway, a different browser, and I'll edit it down there, and then back to Grammarly, double check it, and then I'll post it. So those are the two things that I'm using right now that are that are really great.
1: Um, cool. For all the copyrights, take note.
0: Yeah. So. If, if you haven't, at least
1: that's good. Grammarly and Hemingway. What is that joke like? How much is a Hemingway? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, okay. I don't think that's
0: related to Hemingway. <laughs> Hemingway is Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Great. Great. Uh, Nobel Prize prize winner. Yeah. Nope. Just an author. All right, guys, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Next little bit is going to be a wrap up. It's going to be kind of a random hour, but picking Chase's brain, uh, but also again, hitting, uh, hitting the, the final nail of keeping things simple. So thanks so much. We'll see you next episode. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in, and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.